1: Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White Podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove. Today you're joined by Chris Woff. Chris, another, shall we say, slow week in the world of Newcastle United. We, we, we could say we're waiting for something to happen. Um do we expect anything to happen within the next few days before we delve into the topics of conversation?
2: Well, we have to live in hope because uh, otherwise what's the point? But yeah, we have to, so we have to live in hope. Um, but it's been frustratingly slow summer so window, as it's almost groundhog day during the Mike Ashley era um, we're now just what, five days away from pre-season training and the only permanent sign they've made or only sign of any form they've made is Martin Dubravka players haven't been offloaded either so it's not as if movement in or out um, so frustrating in that regard but my understanding is that Rafa Benies is working very hard to try and push through for things to happen he was at St James's Park yesterday as you saw the picture of uh, having meetings with the club hierarchy about trying to resolve some off-field problems in terms of the lack of signings and whatnot going forward ahead of pre-season next week so he's actively pushing, he is working hard um, I think that's quite clear and it's just now Newcastle need a breakthrough and I think if they get one in the short term I think they can hopefully get two or three in quick succession, that's how they've tended to work in the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, I apologise to everyone that's listening because you must feel like we go over the same ground nearly every week but Let's again make it clear that before they went off to Ireland or before they go off to Ireland, Benitez wanted a few more bodies through the door. He's more than likely going to go to the Ireland training camp and he's only going to have had Martin Dubrovka signed. I mean, The frustrations there must be through the roof.
2: Well, Ireland's still... It is about a week a week and a half into the pre-season so he wandered bodies in by pre-season by Monday which is the first day back the first couple of days mainly testing so there's not really any outdoor sessions or things like that or very few of them then they build up gradually um, but he wanted more bodies than he got last year Lejeune signed I think it was July the 4th so still Newcastle haven't quite reached the time as of last year where they hadn't signed anyone Obviously, they'd signed that too by that stage last year but Benitez, by island, would like the majority of his business done as possible. I think, realistically, he would like three, four, five bodies in by then. The castle are going to have to do, move some to get that through. And it's because the way Benitez sees it is that's a crucial period in your... In, pre-season really is important because that's a time where you can blood players and you can get understand, understanding there. He loves working with players on the training ground and he wants to be able to get set-piece... Uh, ideas in their formations every player to understand their job and also understand and build a relationship with the teammates around them and the longer you leave that the less time a player has before it gets into the actual season itself whereby there is very little opportunity for you to be able to do that particularly since you've got league cup games early in the season which gives you fewer training sessions so for Benitez it is a frustration that he wanted to move early but he's going to have to just make of it what he can from now and push the board to try and get at least some business through because it hasn't worked out how exactly how he wanted it to, but he certainly wants to, to work through contingency plans and get players through to give them at least some time on the training ground.
1: Now Miguel Marino, looks like he is off to back home to Spain. We spoke about it last week. We've written about it quite um, a lot this week. And the one thing that stands out is not necessarily the release clause, but the fact that Castaneda haven't been proactive in maybe working to try and persuade Michael Marino to stay, whether that be offering a new contract where that release comes out, doesn't bode well for, for the rest of the window.
2: No, I think that there's almost, I understand fans' frustrations that it looks like Michael Marino could go for what is seemingly quite a low price. Um, in that it's, we don't know the exact figure on the clause, but I do understand somewhere between 10 and 15 million euros, somewhere in that ballpark. So Newcastle will make at least a slight profit on Marino. They paid about 8 million all in for him, if you include the loan fee. But I don't have a problem with the release clause having existed exist in the first place, because you have to remember, Newcastle signed Marino for a very modest fee. The reason they could get him, and they had the power, they had the power. That is the, that is the key in this. They had the power to be able to enact the compulsory... Uh, the, the, the option to buy him midway through the season, not the player that Newcastle had the option because they agreed to this deal. But Marino's representatives wanted to release clothes in there. They're very commonplace in Spain. The vast majority of players have them to allow uh, for movement and basically in Spanish law. It isn't a, a, a requirement, but you, you need them. And, and Marino's people, some of them expressed doubts about moving to England. He'd spent a year in the Bundesliga hadn't really worked out both injuries and game time wise and they thought he was better to go back to La Liga. So they, they wanted that contingency in case it didn't work out in England. Seemingly from Marino's point of view, he doesn't believe it has. He's keen to go. Uh, Real Sociedad will, in my uh, from what I'm told, will enact the release clause in Newcastle. Are powerless to let him leave. The problem with the way Newcastle have handled this, in my view, is, as you said, that they weren't proactive. They've been reactive about the situation. They knew this was always a possibility. Speaking to Benitez weeks ago, and the noises from Newcastle have been, over the last two months, completely different than any of the noises about the cells and Lejeune, that they feared Marino could go, that they couldn't stand in his way if he was going to. They knew the release clause existed, and when they had those noises, when Benitez had those noises, that's why they're the scouting of of defensive midfielders across Europe has leaked out because Newcastle have been looking for potential contingency they should have made sure they either had a signing in place or tried to convince Marino to sign a new contract the latter was highly unlikely so what they should have done is been ahead of the situation had another player signed up or ready to sign up and say look we wanted Reno to stay but we're powerless to let him leave but what we've done is we've brought in this player instead who's a direct replacement and then there would have been ahead of the story they would have been ahead of it and it would have been, looked like they were in control as it is it looks like it's been taken out of their hands
1: it's, But it's not unfair to say that that's just typical Newcastle United it's not like so we is it with the way the, the, the board seems to work with regards to transfers there seems to be a, should we say a, a repetition of, of Moves within the transfer market, which fans quite rightly scratch their heads at and think, "Well, we, weren't we here 12 months ago?" Not necessarily where someone's left because of a release clause, but where you know the Lejeune deal took longer than it should have done. You know, arguing over a million here, a million there. Newcastle, are you ever going to learn from their mistakes.
2: Well, again, let, let's live and hope. But the, the often glacial pace at which Newcastle work in the transfer market it is a frustration. It's a frustration for Benitez. It's a frustration for fans. As You say the Lejeune deal last year that they, they knew about that release clause and they knew all they had to do was activate it. They spent weeks before they did activate it, um, and that dragged the situation on. I had other issues in terms of their new, they've known they needed striker for X number of years, they still haven't signed one, they haven't gone out and, and, and offered the money that someone wants. We had the Jorgensen deal in January where Fine Old made it clear it was 20 million at least. Newcastle never really were going to get close to that, yet kept on making bids that they knew were going to be rejected, and that wasted another week or so. Um at the moment past mistakes appear to be getting repeated, but we are still there's still six and a bit weeks left in the window. Time is running out, but equally there is still time for movement to happen. The World Cup. Is an excuse to a certain extent because their teams are doing things but it does stagnate the markets but as soon as the group stage the World Cup's over and a lot of those teams are out the market I believe will start moving in the next week and a half two weeks and Newcastle need to make sure they're active in it because Benitez wants players signed he wants to strengthen in certain areas and now with Marino's exit appearing increasingly likely that's another position they need to sign a player for
0: Hi, it's Finn Dwyer from the Irish History Podcast, and this is a staycast from ACast. Please, please, please follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard McLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained. On the Acast app, or wherever you get podcasts.
2: Which is something that Benitez had contingency plans for and wanted resolved already, but instead Newcastle have to add that to the to the already large amount of business they still need to do. Uh, six weeks, let's say, given Newcastle's
1: previous uh, timescale in previous windows, he confident that Benitez would get in the bodies in that he wants, not necessarily the players, but the numbers. Well.
2: As slow as Newcastle tend to move in the transfer market, if you look at the last two summers, when they have signed one player, they tend to get certainly the first player they're signed, other than the two players they've signed having been on loan with options to buy. They move quite quickly. You had it with when Matt Sell signed, I think four or five players signed within two, two and a half weeks. Last summer, uh, once Lejeune signed within a couple of weeks, they'd also had another couple of players in outside Ireland Murphy, and um, and so things, when they do one, they tend to do a few together. So, hopeful in that regard, and that if they, Benitez wants essentially now about six players, he wants a centre back, particularly when if and when Mbemba goes, which they're very much pushing focus to another future the Newcastle. He wants cover up full back, at least one. Uh, he wants an attacker midfielder. He's going to need a defensive midfielder if and when Marino goes. He wants a striker and he wants a winger. So, that's half a dozen players at least. Um, do I think you'll get six signings? I think you'll get four or five, and then I hope that, that, that he gets a, a one or two on top of that. But I think you will get four or five at the end.
1: And just sum it up finally on Marino, Benitez. This is this isn't something that's kind of been forced upon him. It is in a way, but it's not. You know, Mike Ashley saying, "Well, we're selling him." It's it's down at the release clause. There is no option. It's not like he's been pushed into a corner by Mike Ashley.
2: Yeah, it's not. It's not that the club of of forced Mar- uh, Benitez to sell Marino. Mar- Benitez and the club are powerless to allow Marino to leave, if and when the transfer clause is enacted. My understanding is it hasn't been yet, but Real Sociedad are saying everything about that they're going to. And so, if and when it is, it's Marino's choice as to whether he goes or the sounds are that He wants to go. He's back in Pamplona now, in in, in the Basque Country. Um, he, he seems to feel, and it, I know that his father was very close. It's close associate of Benitez. They've known each other for a long time. The sounds from him is that that, that to Benitez it has been for a couple of months that the Marino will leave. And this is the thing. I mean, we've had a few fans who've said, "Oh, the club will sell Marino." Before the release clause came out, that the club will sell Marino uh, against Benitez's wishes. We've known for a while that a release clause. There has been murmurs that a release clause existed for a while. We hadn't been able to get stood up until the other day. We now know that it does exist. Um, And in terms of Benitez having players sold under him, that has not happened in his time at Newcastle yet. He hasn't been able to sign all the players he wants, but he hasn't had a player forced on him either. All the signs have been his choices, albeit quite a few of them far down the list rather than first choices. No player has been sold against his will. So hopefully that continues going forward, and hopefully he gets some of the players a bit higher up in the list going forward as well
1: fingers crossed and I'm just going to answer a few questions that have come in on Twitter we'll start with one from uh, David Field who asks any sign of any incomings any good news uh, for fans because it seems like nothing
2: is happening I would love to say that there is but uh, I haven't been told that there's anything imminent Newcastle in the past over the last couple of years have done things quite quietly on occasion and some things have, have basically happened Quickly before we know about the hope that's the case. Uh, Benitez likes to keep things close if he can. I hope that they are close to getting one or two in before the weekend or before pre-season, certainly. But I haven't got any information to say they have, unfortunately. Benitez is pushing. He's he's trying to get the position, the priority. As we've said many times, is striker, an attacking midfield slash wing. They're they're the three positions he really is prioritising the moment. Um Highland
1: Jordy asks why have not been bids been made. Is it a case that the have to
2: wait for the first instalment of the TV money? I don't think it's necessarily the case that they have to wait for the first instalment of the 2018-19 TV money. Um, although I do think that that is going to form, because it's basically 40 or £50 million lump sum that I get, that will form a, a decent percentage or a large percentage of what Benitez is going to have to spend before he can sell players. So I think... Part of the issue has been getting players off the wage budget. The Newcastle need to do that. Benitez knows he needs to do that. and Deals from Bemba and Sells have looked close and then fallen through and, and haven't happened yet. Um, so I think in terms of making a big bid, yes, they possibly are waiting for that. But for other deals, I think it's more that they're making inquiries at the moment that have spoken to clubs, that have been um, inquiries that are, say, made, but no firm bids, cash bids made yet. And I think it's just a case of, of for those... Um, waiting until they see a deal they really think is value for money and at the moment they haven't, they haven't found a price they think they're going to meet or be able to meet yet
1: uh, James Nolson uh, or Nelson, sorry um, asks do you know what happened at the meetings yesterday Officer Vignette's report, well Veneers was back at St James's Park now we don't know who he met who he saw but believe that he was or this week he, he will uh, talk to Lee Charlie and, and co
2: yeah, it was. I mean, some of them were routine meetings just because he he hasn't been on side as much as he has been over some of the past. He's been quite back on Merseyside quite a lot, but he's been speaking to people on the phone every day uh, multiple times. So he has been working all the way through that. So he met with different departments um, to speak to them about general things, to some of the ground staff to look ahead to pre season, and some of the medical staff. But also, my understanding is he was going to speak if not yesterday, then then in the next couple of days with, with Lee Charnley and, and the hierarchy. I don't know if they've met yet, but I know that part of what he wanted to discuss was transfers and the position Newcastle are in, where exactly they are on certain deals and, and players that he's put forward and, and where they're moving from here. And, and so, basically, it's, it's covering a wide variety of things, but obviously key among that is signings and sales and making sure that... The, the, Newcastle get moving in the transfer window because at the moment they're risk going through the whole of June without buying or selling a player which in a window where they need to be active and a window which has been shortened so it closes just a little more than a week into August is not ideal.
1: Uh just a few questions based on the difference between rumours reports on the continent to what we actually know um, just explain to the listeners how that works because there's a case that you know, if a Portuguese paper and let's be honest, they do it daily, if not hourly report, then your castle are interested in it a certain player, you know, it's only fair that we put it in the live blog, it's only fair that we say this report has come from XYZ, and then you then go and try and find out if that is
2: the case. Yeah, so if uh, a rumour or a report or a story emerges elsewhere, It will go in our live blog, and will always be credited to wherever it's come from. We may even do a separate article on it to credit where it's come from, but then we will always check these things out, and and if if it becomes to our understanding as well that it's true or that it isn't true, we will always put that forward. So some reports um, we we will check out and they'll be true. Others will be told there's 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 no truth in it, and then and then we'll we'll say as such, and we will give that uh, we'll make sure that that's brought across clear to readers, but. Uh, in this time in, in this environment that we're in in the, in the, in the news environment we're in 24 hour media and Newcastle fans are interested in who the club are reportedly looking at and then we ha- we try and make sure that we sh- present that that if we don't understand it at the time that, say a player gets linked and we haven't heard that name before we will present it as a Portuguese outlet or a French outlet or another English outlet are reporting that, that Newcastle are interested in such and such and then we will always check it out with our sources, with people at the club, uh, with with the agents, with people in and around and see if there is any truth in it and if we find out there isn't, we'll report that back if we find out there is, then we will obviously pick that up and move forward with it. So I understand fans' frustrations at this time. As I say, Newcastle and Benitez are good at keeping things close to their chests until they're close to being finalised which in a way is good because it means that uh, other clubs don't necessarily get wind of it, and Newcastle have been able to to land good deals, like they did with Marino. Marino when he came out almost last minute last year, before when Newcastle actually signed him in the first place. Um, so for deals like that, it, it can work out positively. Um, and in other regards, the fact is Newcastle haven't been particularly active so far in terms of actually getting anything substantive done. So there might not be. There isn't a, the hard news, quote unquote, that fans will want at the moment, and we fully understand France's frustrations on that, but. We are trying to present the information as best we can. We're trying to get it all checked out and then relay what we can to you about what we know and what we understand ourselves.
1: And the key word there that use sources, you know, in the world of journalism, your sources are very important. So that's why the, the articles don't necessarily carry quotes because, you know, it has come from a source who doesn't want to be named. That's, that's just the way it works.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, I mean... Sometimes you do get quotes, sometimes your source will give you a quote, but they can't be named themselves um, because you don't want to reveal them. But in other times, um, some of the transfer stories do bear quotes. We had the Fallon Barisha uh, last weekend confirming that Newcastle had a long-term interest, and that's something we'd reported previously, earlier in the year. Um, and he, he basically confirmed that story himself. But otherwise, in terms of other sources who you speak to, which can come from a variety of different uh, areas... You, can't, you don't want to reveal who they are because they're, they're helping you get information they're helping provide this information which hopefully gets out there for fans and I understand from their point of view where that becomes frustrating because they don't know necessarily where exactly that's come from but these are people we trust these are people we speak to and not every single thing that we will get from them will be 100% correct but the majority of the time when we check it and double source it these things will be as close to the truth as we possibly can and during... A transfer window. Unfortunately, the truth can be a very murky area.
1: Definitely. Just finally, just to um, wrap it up, it's been short, but uh, very sweet. Hopefully, Um, any player that stood out for you in the World Cup that Newcastle have a realistic chance of maybe going for once the tournament ends. Oh,
2: that's a good question. Um, I wish you'd given me this one with a bit of thinking time. What I'd like to know is how Stoke City managed to sign the Thorben. He looked good, did he? he? has looked very good so far this uh, so far in this World Cup. Um, I think their midfield looks good in general. I think this uh In was a player Newcastle had wanted for a long period, tried to get and now uh, obviously once left up at a big bid in, was it eighteen months, two years ago, whatever it was, they were never gonna be able to meet that. Musa, I mean, he's not wanted at Leicester. He hasn't really had the chance. A bit like Slamani,
1: you know, another you know, big money sign that hasn't really worked out. But he's, he's looked quite, quite
2: good. He's interesting, versatile as well. Can play through the middle or can play further out wide. It hasn't worked in England yet, but he's a player I haven't heard that Newcastle are, are interested in. But in terms of uh, who would potentially fit the bill, and Musa has won them. I mean, there's always the risk with a World Cup that. Um, players shine for a little bit, and their the price tag goes up. But I mean, the one player who I do actually know Newcastle have scouted in the past, who I think I've been reasonably impressed with. I don't think he necessarily set the Premier League alight, but if they are struggling in terms of being able to really buy some of the top strikers in Europe, Finn Bogerson for Iceland, I've been I've been quietly impressed with. Uh, he's not the most subtle player in the world. He isn't the flashiest. But he knows where the goal is, uh, he blinks up player well, he, see, he, he works very hard and he strikes to, Strikes me as, as quite a Rafa Benitez style player. So if there was one player I'd pick out just in this show, in my town, it would be him. But at the same time, I think Newcastle fans will hope that Newcastle can get a, a striker, maybe a little bit younger, say about 29 and also someone who, with a bit of a better long-term proven scoring record, but I don't, I don't think Newcastle will be taking too big a risk if, if they ended up having to go for someone like Finn Boggs in the summer.
1: There you have it. If you head over to uk, keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle Nighting News. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe and share the podcast whether that be through iTunes, audio Boom, Spotify or whichever platform you may be listening through. And if you want to get involved with the podcast, you can do so via our social media channels we're over on Twitter at Chronicle NuFC and on Facebook at the same handle, Chronicle NuFC. We want your questions, your topics, your feedbacks. So why don't you drop us a line and get in touch? This is Acast Recommends.
0: Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is.